Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for. We're here to take those uh, calls to pray for you and hopefully to answer some of your questions. Maybe you've been reading the Bible or there's something you've always wondered about and you were Wanted to talk to a pastor about it? Well, Calvary Live is the show where every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, you can tune in and you can call in with your questions. You can send us a text and we'll answer those questions live on the air. Uh, the number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, hearing this show live today over the airwaves on 89.7 in the Northern Front Range and 101.7 on the Southern Front Range. We're glad to have you with us today. We also want to greet those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Just got a text saying that I didn't mention Cheyenne, Wyoming. Well, first of all, greetings to Cheyenne. But second of all, I think that Cheyenne counts as part of the Northern Front Range, doesn't it? I always thought that the Front Range kind of ends just north of Cheyenne. I'm not really sure. But hey, we're glad to have you guys in Southern Wyoming listening as well as those in Northern Colorado and all the way down to Colorado Springs want to give a shout out to Canyon City as well. We know we've got listeners down there here in Colorado. And of course, we want to greet again our listeners on the East Coast and the listeners in the Appalachian region. Glad to have you guys with us. Just a reminder that those listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, meaning the East Coast and the area around Tennessee, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. Those of you listening live in Colorado and Wyoming, you are hearing the show live today. Today is April 5th. It is Easter Monday, and I'm glad to be with you. Um, but those of you listening on the East Coast and on the well on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're hearing the show on a one-week delay. We just want you to be aware of that, but we still want you to call in and participate in the show. And actually, having um, having uh, the show be on delay for you over our, in, on your stations can be a cool benefit for you in this way. That when you call in, when you text us, when you get your question answered on the air, then you know that your that program is going to air. On, in your local area one week later. And so that gives you an opportunity maybe to tell some friends or family members to tune in, say, hey, I'm going to be on the radio. I asked this question, etc. And then that's a way for you to maybe introduce them to that Christian radio station in your local area. Maybe they'll start tuning in. Maybe it'll become a preset in their car. They're going to start listening to Bible studies as well as this show where they get their questions answered. And who knows what God might do with it. It might be a, might be a great way. We also encourage those of you who are listening live, get the word out about Grace FM. We we always hear uh, amazing reports of how God is using 
Christian radio and specifically this station in people's lives. And so we just want to get the word out uh, wide and far um, that this is an opportunity and, and something we encourage people to listen to. Hey, and we also want to greet those of you who are tuning in online. We have a growing audience of people who tune in online today. I'm looking at the map. It looks like we've got listeners down in, well, up and, up and down the front range of the Rockies, of course. But we've also got a lot of listeners. Looks like Bay Area representing Northern California, Southern California. We've got Albuquerque, North Texas. We've got people over in the Chicagoland area and in Utah today. So welcome to all of you who are tuning in live right now over the internet and over our app. If you don't have the Grace FM app, really encourage you to go get that. It's totally free and you can just put it on your tablet or on your phone and you can listen anywhere and anytime. Uh, we often have listeners who listen outside of the United States as well. And if you have one of those uh, smart speakers, you can actually tell your smart speaker to play Grace FM, and it will play it for you, and so you can listen in your home as well. So lots of opportunities uh, for you to connect with us here at Calvary Live and Grace FM. We really encourage you to do that. We're glad that you're tuning in. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, and you can call in with your prayer requests. We're here to pray for you and pray with you, and we're here to answer those questions that you might have. Maybe you have a question about how a particular biblical principle applies to life today or current events, or maybe you just have a question about how to understand a theological principle or a Bible verse. I'd love to answer those questions for you today. The number to call, once again, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Well, just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And our church uh, yesterday was Easter, and I hope that you all had the opportunity to go to Easter services uh, yesterday or this past weekend, maybe Good Friday service as well. Uh, for us, we recently moved into, and by, by recently I mean exactly one year ago, we moved into a new building. But of course, last year with the pandemic and everything, we weren't able to have services. So for us, this was our first Good Friday and our first Easter and, and that in this new building, and it was just so blessed, such a good time, you know, such a, such a, we, we heard so many reports of people, you know, just uh, inviting friends, and of course, you know, we had, we had record attendance, and we even did a, we did our first time ever, we did a sunrise service, so we have a kind of grassy area, and uh, just kind of with a straight view looking east where we could have the sunrise, and so we did a sunrise service in the morning and had like five times as many people come out for it as we were expecting. So we totally ran out of chairs, but it was okay because it was cold and people were standing. And it was just a super blessed time. And it's gonna, that's going to become a tradition for us moving forward is sunrise service. Uh, I didn't realize how many people were willing to get up that early. And so it was, it was just a super blessed time. And then many of them stayed and came to some of our Easter services. And uh, just really, really good time. Music was great. Our worship team did a great job leading us into worship, celebration of Jesus' resurrection. And then then we had, of course, a study of Luke 24, and in particular, we studied 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 5, which you might not think of as a resurrection text, but it's an incredible resurrection text. And I'll tell you why. If you look at chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, Paul's talking about how his life is really hard, about how he's persecuted and, and afflicted and all these things, but he says, but I'm not destroyed, and I don't lose hope. And the reason I don't lose hope is because Jesus rose from the dead. And because Jesus rose from the dead, I know that God will raise me up too. 
And that gives me not only hope for this life, but also gives me purpose and direction for my life. He says in chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, he says, we know that one died and, and therefore we have all died with him and he has raised us up to new life. And the purpose of this new life is that we would no longer live for ourselves, but live for him who for our sakes died and rose again. And so, man, what a great message. That was our message yesterday, that Jesus' resurrection means that there's hope beyond the grave and it also gives purpose to our lives today. So I hope that you had a great resurrection weekend, Sunday, celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus. But let's remember that Jesus did not stay in that grave, amen? And for the next six weeks here at Whitefields, up until Pentecost, we're going to be following uh, something that Christians have done historically, and that is that we are going to be looking at the resurrection appearances, or let's say we will um, be looking at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus before his ascension, actually leading up to his ascension and then the day of Pentecost for the next uh, six, and I guess that takes us into seven weeks. And so I'm really excited about that. We've never done that, but we'll be looking at the restoration of Peter. We'll be looking at, you know, doubting Thomas coming, going from doubt to faith. We'll be looking at the Great Commission and the Ascension. I can't wait to do that. We'd love to have you join us for that Risen Life series. It's starting this weekend at Whitefields, and you can join us in person and online. Uh, to join us in person, our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. We're located in Longmont, Colorado, and our zip is 80504, which means that we're on the east side of town, right in between downtown Longmont and I-25. And so we'd love to have you join us. We're right on Highway 119, just on the north side of the highway, directly across from Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is a big uh, community park here in the east side of Longmont. And we'd love to have you join us, really conveniently located for all of you coming from surrounding communities like Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Erie, Mead, uh, Lafayette, Boulder, Lyons, all of those places. We'd love to have you join us for worship uh, this Sunday, either in person or online. You can find out more information about how to watch online and directions and all that good stuff by visiting our website, whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also hear me here on Grace FM every weekday at 9.30 and 2.30. 9.30 a.m., 2.30 p.m., our sermons air here on Grace FM, and I'm also your host on Calvary Live every Friday. Today I'm filling in for Pastor Jeff Figs from Greeley, and so glad to be with you on this Monday. I actually used to host this show every Monday in the past until I switched with Jeff and, and went, to, um, went to Fridays, so it's kind of fun to be back on, on Mondays. Speaking of which, let's go straight into our callers. Let's go to Phil in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, Phil, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. Um, so I, I've been uh, witnessing to my my aunt Wendy, and uh, and she had, had been kind of texting back and forth, and she asked me a question. Um, it is uh, was Judas saved? Uh, basically, just yes or no. Was he saved? Um, and and I, and that kind of what I think maybe she's leading towards is kind of fatalism and like well because Jesus pre you know he always intended to go to the cross that you know was his sin even really a sin or something and so maybe she's leaning that way and so in the, and I guess kind of in addition to that I'm trying to look for ways to maybe use that to turn you know redirect back towards the gospel it's like well Jesus was looking for a you know governmental um Savior, and, you know, we, we can't make Jesus what we want him to be. He, he is what he is, and, and we have to either 
accept or reject that. And so, but um, so I guess that's basically it's just my question: then, was Jesus saved? I think we can pretty. I think we can say pretty clearly and unequivocally that Judas was not saved. And the reason we know that is because Jesus himself said uh, that Judas was. Here's what he said about him: Matthew 26, verse 24. Uh, it says, the Son of Man will go just as it has been written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Uh, elsewhere, Judas is referred to as the son of perdition, which means that uh, perdition essentially meaning condemnation. And so there's a few things. I get where your aunt's coming from. In fact, um, I can really recommend a good book for you. Uh, it doesn't deal only with this topic, but I was just um, reading it last night and it dealt with this topic directly. It's a book, very famous book. It's, you know, I'd say probably 30 years old by John Stott and it's called The Cross of Christ. But he deals with this, he addresses this issue of Judas. And what he says there is that Judas, on the one hand, uh, some people try to say that was this fatalism, as you're saying, or, you know, basically did Judas do Jesus a favor? Like Jesus should be kind of thankful. Like God should be happy that Judas did this because it had to happen. Somebody had to do it. So therefore Judas shouldn't be held responsible for doing it. I think the answer to that question is, um, is pretty clear. That Judas, yes, somebody had to do it. Yes, God knew that Judas would be the one to do it. And yet, Judas chose to do it. And he bears the responsibility for his action. In fact, during the Last Supper, Jesus gave Judas like a final out, you know. He said, I'm going to dip some bread in this wine and hand it to somebody. And the guy I hand it to is going to be the one who's going to betray me. And, you know, all the disciples were like, surely it's not I. And then he dips it, hands it to Judas. Judas stands up, walks out of the room, and goes and betrays Jesus. And it's like, hang on a second. He could have. That was the chance, right? He could have said, no, I'm going to not do this. I'm going to repent of this. But it also tells us that Satan entered into Judas. Now, that, that tells us another thing. It tells us that he didn't have the Spirit of God indwelling him. Now, you could make the argument, and I, I would probably make this argument myself, that the Spirit of God didn't indwell people until after Jesus' resurrection. But it seems that there was some sort of um, way in which the enemy, Satan, um, you know, possessed Judas to do this thing, and yet Judas is still responsible. And this, is, this is kind of brings up one of these things that we see throughout the Bible that's kind of one of these recurring questions, one of these tensions. I would call it a tension, not a contradiction, because in no way is it a contradiction. It's just one of these things where there's a tension and how that tension works out perfectly in God's will is really hard for us to grasp. It might even be beyond our understanding. But I'll give you this verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 23. It says this. This is Peter, by the way, preaching on the day of Pentecost. And here's what he says. He says, Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. And you crucified him and killed him. He was killed by the hands of lawless men. So that tells us two things. Okay, God had a plan that this would happen. God knew how it was going to happen. And yet, the people who did it were acting lawlessly. They were acting in rebellion against God. And so these two things are both true at the same time. You know, you could say that, like, for example, Joseph in the book of Genesis. Some really bad stuff happens to him. And then at the end of the book, he says, you know, if that bad, if you guys hadn't done these bad things, um, 
basically the lives of many people would have been lost. And so we see that God redeems these evil actions of people who sin against God and sin against people, and yet those actions are still evil. So this is the tension that we hold on to um, at the same time, is that God, yes, God sometimes uses evil actions by redeeming them for good, and yet they are still evil. And he is not the author of evil. Like James says, if anybody sins, they shouldn't say, God tempted me to do this. He says, God does not tempt us to sin, but rather, you know, we have a desire. That desire gives birth to actions, and that action is how we sin. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's kind of a uh, Romans eight twenty eight kind of idea that God uses, uh, you know, all things for good for those of love him and called according to his purposes. Like that even something bad, he can take that and use it. Even a bad choice that someone made, he can take that and use that for something good. Absolutely, 100%. And yet at the same time, that doesn't mean that God um, incites evil actions in people, right? Right. Um, I, I was also wondering if there's um, any ideas for maybe a redirect towards and bring it back towards, you know, um, the gospel message, maybe saying, well, why do you think Jesus died on the cross or something that, I don't know, if, why do you, if he intended to do it, then why do you think he intended to do it or something? I don't know if you had any, would have any, maybe insights to kind of... Yeah, how to tie into the gospel from there? Right. Yeah, I'm, I, I guess my biggest takeaway would just be this, that um, here, yeah, actually, you know what, here would be my biggest takeaway. It would be this, that the question is, Judas denied Jesus. He did something that was bad. But here's the other thing. Peter also denied Jesus. And one of the big stories we get from the gospel narrative is this contrast between Peter and Judas. And the contrast is this, that they, um, they both were denying Jesus, doing something that was very wrong. And, you know, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. So here's, here's uh, you know, Peter having done that exact same thing. But then what does Peter do right after that? What he does is he, after a few days, he repents. He comes back. He's with the disciples on the day of resurrection. He had a, a momentary lapse, but you know what Judas did? He went out and he hanged himself. So you can see that that's a good example also of the difference between like condemnation and conviction. It's also a good example of, of how we respond to realizing that we did something wrong. Do we seek out? forgiveness and restoration or do we get hard on ourselves and then you know just push ourselves away from god all the more or rather let we allow satan to you know create a wedge between us and god and rather than turning to jesus we turn away and maybe you know in the worst case scenario try to i don't know somehow atone for our sins by by taking our own life and that's not the way to do it and so i would i would encourage your aunt to see this that even after that event in theory, Judas could have repented, couldn't he? And yet he chose not to. And really, this is the, the crux of the issue. What will you do? Because here's the end of the story. You and me are both um, Peter. We're both Judas, right? We have both done things where we have failed to live up to God's perfect standard. We have sinned. 
and sinned, you know, worthy of being denied by God. And yet, in his love, God offers us forgiveness. So it's, um, Peter was repentant and, and, and Judas was more remorseful, would you say? Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I mean, I think about it in the sense of what it says in, um, what is it, uh, Second Corinthians, where it says that, you know, there's godly sorrow and there's ungodly sorrow. And godly sorrow leads to repentance, but ungodly sorrow doesn't. So that's the difference between, you know, feeling bad about something you did and turning to God and repenting and receiving forgiveness, which leads to joy. Or are you just going to, like, feel bad about it and just get down on yourself and, and not turn to the Lord? Right. Okay, well, well, thank you very much. I think that helps a lot. Awesome. Hey, thanks for calling in. God bless you, Phil. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Keedy from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air with Phil leaving. We have one open line, so give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. And let's go to our next caller, Anastasia in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Anastasia. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Awesome. Um, I had a question about... um the name Jesus and the name Emmanuel. Sure. I was wondering if you could explain to me if it's the same name, or why did they name him Jesus instead of Emmanuel, or if Emmanuel means something else? Yeah, great question. So I'm going to assume that you're referring, there's a couple places in the Bible where this turns up, but maybe most prominently in Matthew chapter 1, where both of those names are listed. So in in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, maybe one of my favorite passages actually, in the Bible. I have so many favorites, so it's, it's probably not fair for me to say that, but here's, uh, here's what it says. It says, this angel appeared to Joseph and told Joseph in a dream that Mary was going to be pregnant, that it would, the child would be from the Lord, and so not to leave her. But then he says this in verse 21, the angel says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, okay, just very quickly, the meaning of those names. Emmanuel means God with us. So just a quick tip for you. Anytime you see the word or the letters E-L, that is the name of God. So E-L is the name of God, um, meaning more like a generic word for God, kind of like we say in English, God. Um, and then you have, of course, the more personal name of God, which is Yahweh. And so whenever you see, like, usually the letter J um, connotates Yahweh because it's, um, it's, there's a long history of how this formed over time, but it's a transliteration, which means this, that Jesus' name means Yahweh saves, and then Emmanuel means God with us. And so here's the, the cool thing about that name, uh, Jesus, which is also, by the way, in, the, in, in Hebrew, it's Yeshua, which is the same name as Joshua, it's Joshua. Jesus, Yeshua, it's all the same name. And it means God saves or God is a savior. And that's a really cool name because think about that phrase that comes right there. It says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You shall call his name Yahweh saves, for he will save his people from their sins. You see how that works and how cool that is? Like how the significance there of the name of Jesus, so powerful. And then, of course, there's this, uh, word Emmanuel, which means God with us. And um, that's, again, that describes who Jesus is, that he is God come to us. 
not just a good person or a good teacher, but actually God himself come to us to be our Savior and to save us from our sins. Okay. Cool. I think, yeah, I think that answers my question. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I did want to say one thing. Go for it. Um, there's this TV series that I just discovered. It's called The Chosen, mm-hmm. and it's the first uh, multi-season show talking about the life of Jesus. Mm. It's called The Chosen, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to let people know about it because I thought it was really well done. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, they just came out with season two, and I just wanted to let everybody know. Awesome. Hey, I'm right there with you. Did you know our youth group here in Longmont, we have two youth groups. We have a middle school youth and a high school youth. Our high school youth is currently watching that series and studying the Bible on Sunday nights. And so, yeah, we love The Chosen up here at our church. think it's super great, and I'm with you, encouraging everybody to go watch it. So, yeah, I just, I just discovered it not too long ago, and then I found out Season 2 came out uh, yesterday the first episode, and it was just really great, and I just wanted to spread the word. Awesome. Cool, thanks. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got two open lines, and the number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Kim in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. Can you hear me okay? I'm on my Bluetooth in the car. I hear you great. What's up? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm having special prayers going up for my brother today, especially, but also his family. He's really, really hard-hearted. Like, he just he just cannot believe that there's a God, and he's raising his, my, I watch my nephew, and the just worldly things that he's being exposed to, it's really hard to watch. And um, so my nephew's 14 now, going on 15, so I'm really, I'm praying for the both of them and, and for the rest of their little family unit, even though they're divorced, but there's a, also an older daughter and the ex-wife, and I'm praying for all of them, but, and also for wisdom for me, how to, how, how to be, you know, how to just represent the Lord quietly, you know, and that's all. So just um, really grieving over over it and asking for some extra prayer from you, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, let's pray for that. Lord, we, we lift up uh, Kim to you, and we can just hear the burden in her, in her voice, Lord, that she has in her heart for her brother and for her nephew. And so, Lord, we ask that you would um, intervene in this family. We pray that, like Paul the Apostle, Lord, you call the sc- you cause the scales to fall from their eyes and for them to see you, Jesus, clearly. And, uh, Lord, that that would cause them to, to really respond appropriately to who you are and what you want to do in their lives. So, Lord, we pray that you give Kim a lot of wisdom and the right words to say at the right times, to speak to her brother, to speak to her nephew, Lord, to bring uh, light and truth and grace into their lives. Lord, we pray that you would send other people into their lives as well, Lord, people who would uh, be used by you to speak the truth into their lives and to make an impact on them. And so, Lord, we pray that you would really, really reach these people. Uh, We pray, Lord, that uh, we we join with the Apostle Paul in saying that he prayed for the uh, Israelite people, Lord, that they would be saved. We pray for uh, Kim's brother and for her nephew, Lord, that they would be saved. 
and whatever it takes, Lord, we pray that you would bring people into their lives and do that work in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Awesome. God bless you, Kim. Thanks for calling God in. Bless. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church. And with that, we have three open lines. We're about to go to our mid-show break, like right now. So uh, give us a call during the break. We'll get you on right afterwards. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with your prayer requests. Can't wait to talk to you and hear from you. We've gotten several text messages. We'll go to some of those, but we love to prioritize the callers. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. We'll be right back in two minutes time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you'd like prayer for or you would like to talk about, hear a biblical perspective on. Maybe there's some current issues that you're wanting to talk about from a biblical perspective. I'd love to answer your questions and pray for your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. Right now we have all open lines, which means it's a great time to call in. I've noticed this about Calvary Live, man. It seems like it's feast or famine. It's like, We'll be inundated with calls. You know, lines will be totally full and nobody can get through. Or it'll be like nobody's on the line. So right now we have uh, all open lines, which is a great opportunity for those of you. Maybe you've had a question. You've been hesitant to call in. We'd love to hear from you, and now's a great time to do it. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Well, hey, I have a prayer request for you guys. Would you please pray for my friend? His name is Nate Medlong. And I don't mind sharing his full name. He's um, a public figure, if you will, because he's a missionary with Calvary Chapel in Ukraine. And Nate's been a great friend of mine for years. Uh, I've been working with him. He pastors a church in Kharkov, Ukraine, which is the second largest city in Ukraine. Big city, over a million people. And uh, I've been going out there for the last several years. I didn't go out in 2020 because of covid but prior to that, I went out for five years every year to work with their church, help develop leaders as well as other leaders for Calvary Chapel all over Ukraine. But uh, Nate got COVID about a week and a half ago, and it's developed into pneumonia in both his lungs. And he is in the hospital and really fighting for his life. And honestly, it is touch and go. And he, um, you know, it's, he'll have these moments where he seems like he's doing better. And then he will crash. And they are so inundated with COVID cases right now in Ukraine that they were barely able to get him into a hospital. And I'm not even sure you could call this place that he's at a hospital because it's, it's more like a clinic that's been set up to help COVID patients. And they have these 
mobile units, like literally on wheels, that are oxygen concentration units, but he doesn't have any monitors on him that monitor his oxygen saturation levels, which is really dangerous because if he drops his oxygen saturation, there'll be no, you know, here if that happens and you're in a good facility, um, you know, alarms will go off, nurses will come in. Well, there, there's no way for them to monitor it, and they're just spread so thin. It's, uh, it's a really, really precarious situation. And Nate's life is really, um, I mean, really on the, on the edge here. He could go either way. And I really ask that all of you out there would pray for him. He has six kids. He pastors the church. He has a lovely wife. And uh, I'm really concerned about him. So please, would you join with me in praying for Nate uh, Medlong, a missionary and pastor with Calvary Chapel in Kharkiv, Ukraine. Heavenly Father, we lift up Nate to you. And Lord, um, this is a man who is, is loved. Lord, he's a man who you've used for uh, so many years to do so many great things for your kingdom. And Lord, we really, really ask that you would spare his life. We ask that you would uh, spare his life for the sake of his children, for the sake of his wife, for the sake of his church, and for the sake of your kingdom. And Lord, we do put this in your hands and say, your will be done. But Lord, as much as we can, we ask that you would please have mercy and heal Nate from this pneumonia and bring him home back to his family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for praying for him. And if you would just please put him on your prayer list, I would really appreciate it. Let's go to our next caller, Cody in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Cody. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Pastor. Um, so I had a question, and um, it's just kind of been bothering me, and I'm not really sure how to approach this. But um, my mother-in-law, uh, we've had plenty of talks, and so she says that she is a Christian Um when we've kind of talked about it a little bit more, she says that, um, you know, she believes in Jesus, but Jesus is not the only way to get to heaven, that she needs to do works. Um, along with that topic came up yesterday about how um, she's not celebrating Easter, but she's going to be celebrating Passover and um, there's just a few other things that kind of go along with that, but um, I know that's not uh, the right way of thinking. Um, I'm just really, I don't know how to approach her anymore when it comes to this topic. Yeah, so I mean, I think the biggest issue is this one of really understanding what the gospel is, because that would be my guess, is that it seems that she doesn't even understand what the gospel is. The gospel you know, if we were to get down to nuts and bolts, what is the gospel? You know, the word gospel means a proclamation of good news. It's good news that changes everything. It's not good advice. It's good news. And even how that word has used, been used in history, it was used prior to Christianity. It was, uh, it was actually a political term that was used when they would declare, for example, that a, a battle had been won or that a new person had become king. In fact, there's a very famous writing which predates Christianity which is called the Gospel of Caesar Augustus. And the Gospel of Caesar Augustus basically proclaims him to be God, and it proclaims, you know, here's the good news of, the of Caesar Augustus, that ever since he came to power, you know, we've had life and peace and joy and all these things. And what it meant, it was a proclamation uh, that because this has happened, there are repercussions for all of us. And so the Gospel of Jesus Christ is the true and better gospel. It's the true and better proclamation that says not what we need to do, 
in order to be saved, but what Jesus has done for us. And Paul makes this very clear in the book of Galatians. That would be like the main place that I would encourage study or maybe discussion. Because there, Paul makes it very clear that the problem with the Galatians is that they had been saying, oh, we started with Jesus in the gospel, but now we feel that we need to be perfected in the, in the, with our works. And he says, how could you do that? He goes, this is a different gospel, and you're proclaiming a different Jesus. He goes, this is unacceptable. And he says this, if, if anyone could be saved by the works of the law, then Christ died in vain. In other words, and I wouldn't say this to your, your mom in these terms, or your mother-in-law in these terms, but I mean, this is essentially what it's saying, is that to say, thanks Jesus for what you did, but now I need to help you out for my salvation, that's kind of like a slap in the face, you know, to Jesus. After he says, it is finished, tetelestai, you know, that's a word of completion that was used when something was paid in full or when a, an artist would complete a, a work of art. They would declare this phrase in Greek, tetelestai, it is finished. Jesus declared that on the cross. Essentially, he's saying, complete, done, paid in full, done and dusted. I did it. I won. Just imagine what that would have felt like for the, for the Romans who are standing around watching him die to have Jesus with his dying breath say, basically, I win. And, and then for us to say, well, Jesus, that was nice and all, but it wasn't enough. I need to do more in order to save myself is an insult in other words, to Jesus and what he did is what Paul's saying, particularly there in Galatians 2, verse 21. And um, uh, that would be the, the one of the main verses I would point to. I think that's, that's very clear there. Um, I'll just read it to you again. It says this, I do not nullify, or some translations say frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness were to come through the law, the law in this sense being morality in general, then Christ died for no reason. Christ died in vain. Um, as far as the the Passover versus Easter thing, it does seem to me like she's kind of you know picking and choosing. It seems like one or two things could be happening. One of them is perhaps you know she's got some kind of mixture of of Judaism mixed in with Christianity. I have no problem with people who want to celebrate Passover, um, but if you go back to the earliest days of Christianity, what people celebrated was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what changes everything. Now, whether you do that on Easter Sunday or whether you do that on any other day of the year, I think we should do it every day. But, um, I mean, that that's really the big issue here is it seems that she doesn't understand the gospel. So um, that would be the main things that I would begin discussing with her is, is really helping her to understand the gospel. And if you want to go back to Judaism, there's a really good example that you could point to in the Passover itself. And here's the, here's the thing. When did God give the laws to the people of Israel? He gave them after he had set them free. In other words, the Passover took place not as a result of their good works. God saving them from, uh, from Egypt, from bondage and slavery, did not happen as a result of their obedience to God. It happened just purely by God's grace and his desire to save them. And then after that, after he saved them, then he called them to obedience. And that's the picture of the gospel for us. God saves us, not as a result of anything that we do or don't do. He saves us just by an act of his grace. That's the message of Passover. And then, um, then he calls us to obey him um, because he has saved us, 
not in order for him to save us. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense. And uh, I feel like I've been trying to say that, but I think you might have put it in words uh, a little bit more eloquent than me. But um, No problem. Here, yeah. here let me give like you some said, resources. Um, okay. A good, good resource, there's a great book Perfect. called The Gospel by Ray Ortland. And just very clear on what the gospel is and what is not. So it's called The Gospel by Ray Ortland. It's O-R-T-L-U-N-D. Uh, another good book that I could recommend to you is Galatians for You by Timothy Keller. Excellent commentary on Galatians where he expounds a lot of these same things. And then one final book I'll give you, which is just a, such a clear exposition of the gospel, is The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. So, Timothy hopefully, Keller. Timothy Keller. Yep. Okay. Yep, awesome. we sell that yeah, at our, at our bookstore here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. They're great resources and that hopefully help you maybe be conversant uh, in, you know, what is the gospel, what's not, maybe some good examples to use. Those three books will really help you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my best, my my pleasure, and God bless you, Cody. All right, thank you. All right, bye bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have all open lines right now. Got a ton of text messages to go through, so that's where we're going to turn our attention now. But as I begin going through these text messages, I'd love it to get some more of you calling on the phone. So give me a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. That's 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. But once again, the call in line, 303-690-3000. So let's go over to our text messages, and we'll just start working our way through these. Uh, one person says, I would love prayer for my cousin Tracy. She's been battling uh, stage 4 bladder cancer, had her bladder removed, and now she's in surgery for an infection in her intestines. Please pray for her healing. Well, that's pretty serious. Uh, thanks for letting us know about what's going on with your cousin. Let's go ahead and pray for Tracy. Lord, uh, myself and all of those listening here on Calvary Live today, Lord, we lift up to you, Tracy. And Lord, we ask that you would help her, help the surgeons, help the doctors and the medical staff who are uh, serving her and helping her. Guide their hands, Lord. Give them wisdom. Help them to clearly act and um, just really to get to the root of what is at this. Lord, we also pray for this infection. We pray for the treatment of this infection, the antibiotics and all of those things, that you would use them. But Lord, we also ask that just by your sovereign grace that you would have mercy on Tracy and heal this infection. Lord, we pray that the cancer would be gone and not come back. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for letting us know about uh, your cousin, uh, whoever you are who texted in, and we, we will continue to keep her on our list for prayer. Let's go to our next text message. One person says, what would be a good study Bible for a teenage boy? What version would you recommend? You know, there's a, really, there's a lot of really good ones. Personally, my favorite study Bible out there is the ESV study Bible. And at the same time that I say that, I'm not 100% sure that it would be a good study Bible for a teen. And so there actually is an NIV teen study Bible. 
and I have taken a look at it before, and I think it's really good. Um, so it's the NIV Teen Study Bible. And uh, some people, you know, are, are like, is the NIV translation a good translation? I've done some work on that myself, both in seminary and just for my own interest. And here's what I would tell you. There was an, an edition of the NIV translation that came out in 2011. And it, um, it really tried to blend these, uh, what would you call them, gender pronouns. So him and her tried to get rid of those, mostly the hymns, and just make them thems. But that was actually recalled. And so Zondervan, the uh, publisher of the NIV, they actually recalled that because they said that wasn't fair. A lot of people, like myself, you know, came out and said, hey, hey this isn't just uh, a matter of being polite to, to people by using both, you know, using, let's say, a non-gender specific pronoun. This is actually a matter of some of these things are actually theological in nature. Like, for example, when we get into the question of, you know, we're adopted as sons, not necessarily as sons and daughters. And that isn't to negate the fact that there are female followers of Jesus who are adopted. It's the fact that it's using a metaphor from the Roman world in which sons had particular rights and adopted sons had particular rights, which adopted daughters didn't have. And so if we're going to look at it from a theological perspective, it's important that we don't go in and start changing things around like that. So what happened is Zondervan actually uh, recalled their 2011 version, and uh, they've re-released their older versions. of it. I think the first version of the NIV came out in 1984, and that's generally considered a really pretty good and faithful translation. So the NIV Teen Study Bible is, would be my top recommendation for your teenage son. And uh, I'll tell you this, any uh, study Bible that you get him, you know, there's, there's a couple of good ones. There's uh, New Living Translation has a good one. The ESV has personally my favorite, but I think the NIV Teen Study Bible would probably be the way to go. Be t my top recommendation for your son. All right, let's go and uh, look at some more text messages. But before we do that, let me give you the numbers to call. We've still got all open lines. The number to call is 303. 690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. All open lines right now. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you have questions about or um, would like a biblical perspective on. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. All right, let's keep going with these text messages. We have someone who says, I have an interview at 5 o'clock. Please pray that God's will would be done. All right, let's do it right now. Lord, we pray for this uh, dear person who has texted in, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless their interview at 5 o'clock. Lord, we pray for your will to be done. We pray that you give them favor, help them, uh, guide them in the words that they say. Lord, if this is the job you want for them, or if it's not, Lord, let your will be done. Guide the heart of the interviewer and the person making the decision for your glory and for your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you for letting us know how to pray for you. All right. Let's keep going with our text messages. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Next text message says, uh, please pray for our business. We've had a lot of enemies here fighting our business and pray for our daughter, one of her friends, um, Got her looking at some inappropriate stuff. She's only 12 years old. Okay, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for this person and their family. Sounds like they've got a lot going on. So Lord, we ask for your favor and blessing to be upon their business. Lord, we pray for those who have been um, 
making business difficult for them. Lord, we pray blessing upon them because you tell us to pray for our enemies and bless those who persecute us. So, Lord, we pray, we pray, we pray blessing upon those people, whatever is at the root of their um, mean actions and words, Lord, we pray that you would deal with them in those ways and give this dear person a lot of patience, perseverance, and love in the midst of this. And Lord, we also pray for their daughter as she is, um, has this friend who's introduced her to some immoral things. And Lord, we pray for her that you would cleanse her mind. Lord, just says the, the, that the water of your word would be a cleansing factor in her mind and in her heart. And Lord, we pray that there would be nothing else like this that comes into her life for many years, Lord, that would kind of scar her and hurt, hurt her mind. Lord, we also just pray that you would help her, Lord, that in the midst of these things, she would know right and wrong, Lord, that she would desire to walk with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. We've got time for a few more calls before the end of the show, so give us a call. We'd love to have you on the air with us, asking your questions about the Bible and uh, praying for your prayer requests. So the number to call, once again, 303-690-3000. And you can also text us at 720-336-0897. All right, let's keep going. Um, person writes in and um, ordered a copy of Ed Taylor's recent book and just received it. Uh, so this is probably a caller over on the East Coast here in the show on a one-week delay. But uh, hey, we're glad. And if you guys are looking for Pastor Ed's book, I'm sure you can find it um, in a lot of places. I know it's on Amazon. He has a new book called uh, Help for the Hurting Heart. And uh, I would really encourage you, or I think it's God's God's Help for the Hurting Heart. And so I would really encourage you to check that book out. Uh, I read it. I actually read it in one day um, because it was a great read. Yeah, God's Help for the Troubled Heart, I'm sorry, is the, the name of the book. Um, it's a good book, really easy read, really encouraging read. And you know that Pastor Ed's been through some difficult things personally. And um, I know that at the beginning of the book, he says, you know, no one ever hopes or wishes to be the guy to write the book on suffering and pain. And yet uh, that was God's uh, path for him. And he's trying to be faithful in it. And I think that's really good. So if you're struggling... Uh, with hurts and pains in your life, maybe tragedy has come into your life in some way. Uh, there's some encouraging words in Pastor Ed's book, God's Help for a Troubled Heart, and we encourage you to pick those up. All right, let's keep going. A few people, uh, got a lot of text messages today, guys. Let's see if we can get through all of them before the end of the show. Uh, somebody writes in and says, something I don't understand is that Satan knows and understands scripture and prophecy and therefore knows it will not end well for him. So if he knows he will lose in the end, why does he even bother still trying to fight God? Maybe there's no good answer, but it's just something I wonder about. Yeah, I've, I agree with you. And it does seem a bit nonsensical, doesn't it? To say that um, Satan knows that the end of all of this is his own condemnation. I'll tell you what, it's kind of like this. You ever been standing near the pool and uh, you know one of your friends thinks it's funny to you know try and push you in the pool? Well, you know, there's that moment where you realize that nothing you do is going to stop you from going into that pool. You know, you've got all this momentum. There's no way to pull back and stop yourself. So what do you do? When you realize that you're going in the pool, you oftentimes will try and 
stick out your arms and grab as many other people to go into the pool with you as well. And so I would say that that is exactly what we see with Satan, is that, yes, he knows that he's condemned, and because he knows he's condemned, he makes it his goal to take as many people down with him as well. Um, but I think this is a great example of the fact that I think that many people live this way too. They see what the Bible says, and they might even know that it's true, and yet there are many people who still refuse to repent, and I would just encourage us to be those who, while we have breath in our lungs and the ability to repent, may we do so and not put it off. May today be the day of salvation and repentance for any of you out there who have been putting it off. You don't know how much time you've got left, but the good news is if you turn to the Lord right now, he will receive you, give you a new life, transform you, fill you with his spirit, and bring you joy that you would not have found in the world. I know that's true because it happened in my life as well. I can attest to it. We've got a few callers that we want to get to before the end of the show. Let's go to our first one, Ace in Sterling, Colorado. Hi, Ace. Welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon. I appreciate you taking my call. I'm an officer for the state of Colorado, and uh, I've been having the opportunity to go ahead and witness every now and then when God puts it on my heart to uh, speak to some of the incarcerated, which I work with. Hmm. Uh, had some uh, some really good uh, outcomes, uh, but... Another thing, uh, I mean, I'd like prayer with that, too, to uh, the Holy Spirit to guide me uh, the Lord's Word so that I could represent Him properly and God work through me and not me. And also, uh, uh, Satan's been working pretty hard in the facility, uh, causing uproars every day, assaults and uh, different things happening, and it's getting more and more uh, uh, violent as we go along. I pray every day and all day long as I go to work and through work and when I come out of work. And God has been uh, blessing my prayers and everything. Uh, and I'm sure with some others, my son works here too. But uh, I definitely would like some more prayer because the power of prayer is amazing. And I know that uh, prayer is just the main the main power source to, yeah. to just God working, you know, and just blessing us. So I'm just calling in for prayer on all those those issues. Okay, that's awesome. Hey, first of all, Ace, we want to thank you for your service to us here in the state of Colorado. And just so excited that God has put you in that place. You know, um, what a cool what a cool way to serve the Lord. So let's pray for you. Lord, we, we pray for Ace. Thank you that you've put him in this position you've, that he's in. Lord, where he has the ability to be around uh, incarcerated people and oftentimes to share his faith. So Lord, we pray that you would fill him with your spirit and give him your words to share in those situations. Give him boldness and give him wisdom. Lord, help him to be wise about how to share your word and give him the words to share, to share it effectively. We also pray that even uh, what he brings, Lord, that you would anoint it by your spirit for your glory and for the good of others. And um, let's go ahead and um, uh, also pray, Lord, we ask for Ace that you would um, be with him in the sense of uh, helping him to stay safe in the prison as well. Lord, give him many opportunities to share his faith and bless him as he serves us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. God I bless appreciate you. that. All right. Bye-bye. You have a blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. We have time for one more caller. Let's go to Lori in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. I just have a quick question about Nicodemus. Was he reborn, and is there any biblical evidence? Yeah, great question. We don't uh, know for sure, 
But there is an interesting passage in, um, I think it's the Gospel of, well, I'm trying to find it here, John 19. Yeah, here it is. Okay, in John 19, after Jesus' crucifixion, it says that Nicodemus assisted Joseph of Arimathea in Jesus' burial. And um, he's described in John as a rich man, and also in Mark chapter 15, uh, verse 43, as a member of the council. And then he's described, uh, well, yeah, let's see here. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea is described as a disciple of Jesus. So it seems that Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of spices to be used, and that indicates for us that probably Nicodemus was, on the one hand, a rich man, and that at the very least he had respect for Jesus. It's really hard for us to say if he was saved, but his final recorded act, I mean, that, you know, siding with Jesus and saying, I'm going to go and take care of this man who was killed as a criminal in, in the most heinous way possible, that tells us a lot. It seems that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus kind of came out of hiding in the end and revealed themselves to be Jesus' disciples. And it's, it's pretty interesting because Jesus' disciples, they, they all fled. You know, the 12, except for maybe John. John seems to have stuck around. But the others, they seem to have fled when Jesus was crucified. And yet these two men who had been kind of hesitant to put their yes down with Jesus, they came out of the woodwork. So I tend to think yes, but we don't know for sure. I hope that we'll see him in heaven sincerely. Got to let you go. Come to the end of our show. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And tune in to Calvary Live every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Have a safe drive and a great evening. God bless you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.